The Joy FM Sports presents The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Welcome to The Sweet Spot. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. Thank you for joining us again this week. I hope you all have had a safe Merry Christmas and a safe New Year as well as we usher in this new decade, the new year of 2020. Hope you all are doing well uh, throughout this week. Now, we all know this weekend is the kickoff for the NFL playoffs. Uh, There's been a lot of talk over the last few weeks, who's getting in, who's not getting in, which seating will certain teams have. So I'm going to preview this week's games, the AFC and the NFC. But first, we're going to talk about the AFC games. So you have the Bills taking on the Houston Texans. This is one of those matchups where you have two very solid defenses. Uh, the Houston Texans, you know, are led by head coach Bill O'Brien, quarterback Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is is one of the best quarterbacks uh, in the league, one of the bright young stars that have come in over the recent years. And we all know and see uh, saw what he did against Alabama in the championship games in years prior. He's just a phenomenal athlete. He makes plays. He's a gamer. He's a competitor. He never quits. I know there was one game earlier this year, I believe they were playing the Oakland Raiders, where he was scrambling out of the pocket, and he ended up getting kicked in the eye and kept the play alive and still ended up throwing a touchdown on that same play. Like So that's just one of the small uh, situations or examples where we know that Deshaun Watson is a gamer. Everything he does, he lays it out on the field. He threw 26 touchdowns this year, 12 interceptions. At one point, he was in the MVP conversation for a chance to uh, win that award. I don't think he'll get it now. I'm pretty sure everybody will vote for Lamar Jackson with the outstanding season that he's had. But Deshaun Watson has still had an awesome year, staying healthy. He has the Texans back in the playoffs again. He lost his starting running back, Lamar Miller, early in the year, who tore his ACL. I'm hoping Lamar Miller will come back. With full recovery, I'm a big fan of his, even going back to his days as a Miami Hurricane. But Carlos Hyde has stepped in nicely for him as he's rushed for over a 1,000 yards, six touchdowns. He's really kind of rejuvenated his career this season as a full-time starter. Duke Johnson, Duke Johnson Jr. is a backup running back, all kind of a all-purpose back. He can do it all, change of pace. And he went to Miami as well, so I've always been a fan of his also, so Duke Johnson is a part of that one-two punch that the Texans have going on down in Houston. Their receiving core, DeAndre Hopkins is the number one target, one of the best receivers in the league. I would say most people would say top five, maybe top three. Deshaun Watson always looks for uh, DeAndre Hopkins whenever he needs a play to be made, and more times than not, Hopkins will make that play. Now, did you know last year, well, not nationally, and now it's 2020, so I'm having to get adjusted to saying that as well, but 2018, the last NFL season, Deshaun, not Deshaun Watson, but DeAndre Hopkins did not drop a single pass. Like, every pass that was catchable, he caught it. And so I think it just speaks to the level that uh, a talent that DeAndre Hopkins has, the type of player that he has, and just, like I said, he's a gamer just like his quarterback. Now, the other receiving threats that the Texans have are Will Fuller, who's a speedy receiver out of Notre Dame a few years ago. Now, Will Fuller is battling a growing injury, and so it'll be interesting to see how he 
handles that Buffalo Bills defense, which is very outstanding that I'll talk about here shortly. So I'm hoping Fuller will be full strength come this weekend. The other receiver is Kenny Stills. They acquired Kenny Stills from Miami Dolphins earlier this year, former standout from Oklahoma. He's battling a knee injury. So here we are with two of Deshaun Watson's uh, primary targets are battling injuries when they need them most. So we'll see if they'll be ready to go come this weekend. So the Texans are taking on the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills are led by Sean McDermott, an awesome defensive-minded coach. Uh, he did an outstanding job as coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. He also spent time with the Eagles and learned under Jim Johnson, the, the late, great Jim Johnson there in Philadelphia. So McDermott has carried that reputation over with the Buffalo Bills. He's built this defense to having – the third best total defense in the NFL, their second in scoring defense. And so this is the type of team that when you play against him, it's going to be hard to put up points. You may get some yards, maybe, but getting into the end zone is a whole different story. And I witnessed that firsthand when my Steelers played the Bills on that Sunday night a few weeks ago. Quarterback uh, Devlin Hodges threw four interceptions in that game. I believe one was a pick six by Tredavious White. And so they're led by... That outstanding corner who I mentioned, Tredavious White, out of LSU, Micah Hyde, Shaq Lawson, Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds. I mean, they just have so many players. Star uh, Latulier, uh, Latulile, that's how he said he pronounced it. He's another outstanding player on that defensive line as well. So the Bills, just like I said, their defense is what carries them. But defense isn't the problem there. Their issue in Buffalo is the offense. This year, they've scored more than 20 points in a game only six times. So there's 16 games, but there's only six times where they scored more than 20 points in a game. And in those six games, or of those six games, five of them were against losing teams. Two against the Dolphins, one against the Bengals, one against the Giants, and one against the Redskins. So... They're not just teams with worst in the NFL, the Bengals, the Redskins, and the Dolphins, and the Giants. So their offense is not very good. Defense is one of the best. Offense is one of the worst. Josh Allen is in his second year. His quarterback there, still trying to find his groove. He's very athletic, inconsistent at times. But this is the kind of game where they'll need to score points because you can – believe that Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins and Carlos Hyde, those guys will find a way to get into the end zone. So the Bills will somehow, if they want to win this game, they're going to have to score points. Now, they're ranked 23rd in scoring this year. And if you look at the scoring by team stats, teams from 16 to 32, only one team had a winning record. And that's the Buffalo Bills at 23. So they're really going against odds or defying odds with their offensive output this year or lack thereof, I should say. Defensively, they're awesome. Offensively, they've been scoring. They've been troubled. They've troubled uh, scoring points. So we'll see how it plays out. We all know in football they say defense wins championships, but it's the offense that wins those games to get the defense to win those championships. So you got to have a balance of both. You can't just be a great defense and not bid up score points. So the Bills, if they want to advance, not only just past this weekend, but further in the playoffs, they'll have to find a way 
to get in the end zone. Now, the last three Super Bowl winners had a total of 31 games where they scored more than 30 points in a game, which includes the playoffs. So you look at the last three Super Bowl winners, the Patriots twice and the Philadelphia Eagles. There was more than there was 30 games, more than 30 games or should should say 31 games where they scored more than 30 points in a game, including the playoffs. So this lets you know if you're going to win a Super Bowl, of course, you got to have a good defense, but you got to have a good offense as well, as we've seen the numbers that I just illustrated that the last three Super Bowl winners scored a total of uh, 31 times where they had more than 30 points in a game. So Buffalo, like I said, the defense is great, but if they want to do anything, they'll have to find a way to get to the end zone. And if they somehow, some way beat the Texans this week, they'll be playing against the Chiefs and the Ravens. We all know how good their offense has been uh, this season. Now the other matchup in the AFC is between the Tennessee Titans and the New England Patriots. The Tennessee Titans had a very rough start with Mike Vrabel as their head coach. They got off to a shaky start with Marcus Mariota as quarterback. It wasn't working out. They He wasn't producing. They weren't winning games. So they decided to go to Ryan Tannenhill, who's, you know, was a first-round pick of the Miami Dolphins. He's helped rejuvenate this season that the Titans are having. He's 7-3 and three in his 10 starts this year. So Tannehill is here trying to show that he can still play in the league, that he is an NFL starter. The Titans finished 9-7 and seven this year. And then last year, Mike Vrabel's first year, they went 9-7 and seven as well. So if he has another 9-7 and seven season, they may start calling him 9-7 and seven or Mr. 9-7. and seven. I know Jeff Fisher, he was always going either 7-9 and nine or 8-8. Eight and eight. And I was reading an article uh, the other day, Howard, they were thinking about, or they were saying, you know, this, whoever was writing an article was saying that, July 9th should be Jeff Fisher Day or August 8th should be Jeff Fisher Day because that's 7, 9, and 8, 8 as far on the calendar. So uh, if Vrabel has another 9 and 7 type season, maybe September 7th will be his day in the years to come. But Vrabel has done a solid job. You know, he's a former Patriot. They're playing the Patriots. There's quite a few former former guys from New England who is currently on the Titans roster with Deion Lewis and Malcolm Butler. Uh, Logan Ryan, and then, like I mentioned, Mike Vrabel, who played for the Patriots years ago as well. Now, this is a Titans team that they're very sound defensively. They have some studs on that side of the ball with Jarrell Casey and Rashawn Evans. Uh, Kevin Byers, one of the best safeties in the NFL. They have a very stout defense that will always keep them in games. But the question is really more about the offense, kind of like how I spoke with the Buffalo Bills. The Titans have to get points. And they are led by Derrick Henry. You know, we, he won the Heisman Trophy Award with the, with the Alabama Crimson Tide. He won his first NFL rushing title this season as well, going over 1,500 yards. And so I would take it that won't be his last rushing title because Derrick Henry is a hoss. That dude is he's huge. Like, I can't imagine having to tackle him. And he has good speed along with that size also. So, like, I played football one year, and back in eighth grade as a cornerback, free safety. Uh, I love free safety and going to play the ball and get interceptions, but football just really wasn't my thing. I'd rather hit a baseball than, than get hit or want to hit somebody. But Derrick Henry is the type of player that, that you have to go against when you're playing the defensive side of the ball against the Titans. And so 
We know that the year that they had with their receiving crew with A.J. Brown and Corey Davis and some of the guys who are on the, the outside making plays for Ryan Tannehill. Now, I hope the Titans don't believe that they found their quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. I don't think he's the guy for the future, but he's done a very adequate job this year keeping them in the hunt and ultimately clinching a, a playoff spot in the last week of the season. Now, that last spot in the playoffs was clinched by the Titans, which knocked my Steelers out. Like, my Pittsburgh Steelers had to have two things happen. They had to beat the Ravens and have the Titans lose to the Texans. Well, the Steelers lost to the Ravens, so that knocked out one of the uh, things that had happened in the scenario. But then the Titans beat the Texans as the, the Texans rested their starters in that last week regular season matchup because Houston had nothing to gain from playing their starters in that game because their their seed in the playoffs was already set. Whether they beat Tennessee or lost to Tennessee, they knew where they stood come playoff time. So the Titans won that game. Now they are here they are in the playoffs taking on the, the New England Patriots. The Patriots we all know how good they've been. They've been the class of the NFL over the last couple of decades I believe 20 years now Tom Brady has been in the league and so you've heard my show about kind of Spygate too about the Patriots and what they do but I'm I'll be honest there Tom Brady is the best quarterback uh to ever play Belichick's an amazing coach they do an excellent job but this is why they are in the conversation for championships every single year now there was one guy who asked me Every like he, I see him all the time, and he would always ask me who will New England play in the Super Bowl. Like he kept asking me that this throughout the year, just really kind of uh, assuming that the Patriots would get to the Super Bowl because that's kind of what we've grown to know is they will always be in it. I mean, they were in it the, each of the last two years. They beat the Rams last year, the year before they lost to the Patriots. I mean, lost to the Eagles, and then a the year before they had that twenty eight. To three uh, come from behind victory, where they ended up beating the Falcons in overtime, thirty-four to twenty-eight. So this is what we've known as far as New England goes. They're always in the championship hunt, and so it reminds me of Alabama, the greatness that Nick Saban has done since he's taken over in Tuscaloosa. How they're always in the thick of things. They're always one of the last few teams standing when it comes for a national championship year in year out. So. The Patriots this year, they've had their share of injuries, especially on the offensive side of the ball at receiver. Uh, they've been banged up. But, you know, like I said, this is Tom Brady. This is Josh McDaniels, who's done an excellent job as offensive coordinator. He'll be a head coach again soon, whether it's this year or years down the road. Uh, it just depends on if he wants to stay with New England or not, because he'll have uh, ample opportunities to be a head coach again if he would like to uh, in the near future. So McDaniels, Belichick, Brady, you have Edelman, you have James White, Sonny Michelle, uh, Nikhil Harry, who's the first-round pick out of Heard a lot this year, but he has talent. Muhammad Sanu they acquired from the Falcons. The offense is great. Well, it has the potential to still be great, even though they've had troubles throughout the year. But the defense has really been uh, the difference this year. They're number one in, in total defense when it comes to yardage. So, you know, having that group with Stephon Gilmore and Chase Winovich and uh, Dante Hightower. Like, they just have so many guys, the McCourty twins, those guys in the backfield. Uh, Jonathan Jones from Auburn is there, too. So, like I said, this is a defense that's been one of the best all year long. And so, you know the Patriots will find a way to get into the end zone, but the key will be can you score against them with their stellar defense? 
I don't expect <laughs> I don't expect the Titans to beat them whatsoever. I have uh, the Patriots beating the Titans. I have the Texans beating the Bills. I believe those are the two teams who will come out victorious come this weekend. Uh, I don't expect any different, especially in that Titans game. I don't see the Titans beating the Patriots whatsoever. Now, the Bills could surprise Houston, but I don't think it'll happen. Now, when we return, we're going to pick back up talking about the NFC matchups for this wildcard weekend. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. We talked about the AFC and the matchups there. It's going on in that conference. Now it's time to talk about the NFC as we have the Vikings taking on the Saints and the Eagles taking on the Seahawks. So first we're going to talk about Minnesota and New Orleans. Minnesota, we all know everything starts with Kirk Cousins. The deal he received in 2018, a three-year, $84 million contract that's fully guaranteed. Every single penny it's guaranteed. Like this, he was the first quarterback to have a multi-year, fully guaranteed contract signed. So there's a lot of pressure on Kirk. We all know every single uh, year where they're talking about can he come through in the clutch? Does he show up in prime time moments? This is another opportunity for himself to prove their doubters wrong and that he can actually handle the pressure that comes from being a franchise quarterback and, like I said, getting a fully guaranteed deal. Uh, that's just pretty pretty impressive. Whoever his agent is the, did an excellent job to work that into a contract to guarantee every single uh, dollar that's in, involved in his contract. Now, Kirk Cousins is the quarterback, like I mentioned. Dalvin Cook is their running back. He went over 1,000 yards for his first first season. He tore his ACL in his rookie year a couple of seasons ago. But he's starting to come along and prove himself as a one of the, the good young backs that's uh, in the NFL today. Cook is a little banged up. He hurt his shoulder against the Chargers a few weeks ago. Now, he said in a recent interview that he would he should be at full strength, but he didn't want to put a, a percentage on it. And when he said he didn't want to put a percentage on it, it kind of gave me a little hesitation. It's like, okay, if you say you should be at full strength, shouldn't you be at 100%? Uh, so when he said that, I'm thinking like maybe he's not as uh, at full strength as he, as he would like to be. So that will be... Interesting uh, dynamic when it comes to this game, but not just Cook's injury, but there's a couple other Minnesota Vikings who are dealing with injuries. We'll see how it plays out play out in the game. They have Adam Thielen, who's been dealing with a hamstring injury over the last few months. He's only played in three games over the last two months, and so that hamstring we all know is a very sensitive part of the body where it can linger, and you can think you're ready to come back, and then you tweak it again, and you're not quite there. So Adam Thielen, one of the best receivers in the game, top five in my opinion. I, I just love his game, the way he goes about uh, every single play on the field. Will he be enough to make a difference in this game? Because they're going to need every little bit they can uh, get offensively going against the offensive juggernaut that we know that the New Orleans Saints uh, have become. So Stephon Diggs will have to make plays above and beyond like he did, we know with the Minneapolis Miracle, he's seen a couple of years ago where they 
they scored a game-winning touchdown with Case Kenham throwing in the ball to beat the the Saints in the playoffs, the walk-off touchdown, as they call it. Uh, I know when he first caught it, I was thinking, like, go out of bounds, go out of bounds, you know, field goal, a chance to win the game. But it was impressive, the awareness that he had to stay in bounds. And I believe it was Marcus Williams, the safety for, for the Saints who missed that tackle. Uh, it was impressive just for Diggs to have that awareness, stay in bounds, and score the game-winning touchdown, which will has been one of the more improbable wins we've seen in recent NFL seasons. Now, the other injury is on the opposite side of the ball for the Vikings. Eric Kendricks, one of their best linebackers, he is dealing with a quad injury. So he's been limited in practice over the last few times. And so will he be good enough to slow down that Saints offense, as I mentioned, is really, really, really good. So you have Adam Thielen, Eric Kendricks, and Dalvin Cook all battling some injuries where it's a high-contact sport. We all know by this time of the year, everybody's banged up. But this is usually where not only being talented, being well-coached, but who's the most uh, most healthiest when it comes to the playoffs. That really makes a difference. And we'll talk about some of the uh, – healthy or not so healthy teams in the other matchup with the Seahawks and Eagles later on. So that was the Minnesota Vikings. Now it's time to talk about the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints, of course, are led by Drew Brees, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. If you heard my show a few weeks ago, how I spoke highly of him, of uh, just his adamant and his faith and his relationship with God. And uh, he became the NFL leader in passing touchdowns. He's the NFL leader, all-time leader, I should say, let me be specific. Uh, and passing yards and completions also to go along with the touchdown. So Drew Brees, like I said, is a class, you know, stand-up guy, like on and off the field. You never hear anything bad about him. He's an ultimate leader. You see the team rally around him every single game. Prior to the game, they're doing their, he's doing his pregame speech and his uh, kind of rally chant and stuff. Drew Brees is where it all starts. It all starts with him. If he has a bad game, it's going to be tough for the Saints to win. But – we don't really see too many bad games from Drew Brees. Now, they're led by, and their rushing attack is Alvin Kamara. Kamara isn't really having the same season that he's used to having. I think a lot of that has to do with him having to carry the full load this year. I mean, I know they have Latavius Murray, but Mark Ingram was a huge part of what they did in recent years. Now, Ingram's in Baltimore having great success there, which I think is in a, a, really, a really a better situation for him as he's being the feature back for Baltimore, a team that's going to run the ball with him and with Lamar Jackson. So he knows he's going to get the ball uh, more than he did with New Orleans. As the Breeze, you know, Breeze and Peyton, they're going to throw the ball. Kamara's going to get his touches. So now Mark Ingram has his chance to shine in Baltimore. So Kamara isn't really having the season that uh, I'm sure he would like to have and fans would expect for him to have. But Michael Thomas is their start receiver if the ball is being thrown, more than likely it's being thrown to Michael Thomas. He set the NFL record for most catches in a season with 149. Now, the next highest receiver catches, as far as total catches, is Ted Ginn Jr. with 30. So you go from 149 Michael Thomas receiver, 149 catches, Ted Ginn Jr. next with 30. Now, that's just receivers, but the passes that are being completed to other guys are Alvin Kamara has 81 receptions. Jared Cook has 43. So that's where the ball's being spread out is to running back, Kamara, tight end, Jared Cook. 
But as far as receivers go, it's really only Michael Thomas. Like I said, you go from 149 Thomas to 30 to Ted Ginn Jr., uh, Thomas is only the one receiver that's really making plays consistently, and he's being targeted pretty much every single play. So I don't know if the Vikings will try to double-team Thomas, keep the ball out of his hands, force other guys to make plays. But, you know, knowing as as good as Breeze is and Peyton is as a head coach, they'll take what you give them. So if you want to take Thomas away, I'm sure Breeze will be fine. Uh, Josh Hill and and Taysom Hill as well. Um, Now, these are two guys who they don't really make big names or may not be a big name, I should say, as far as households go. But they still make a play, uh, make several plays, great plays, clutch, clutch plays for the New Orleans Saints. Now, when it's a matchup, when... You have a situation where two teams are kind of what for what. I think you probably give the Saints an edge with the year they're having. Usually lean towards quarterbacks in those situations and just roll with that. So I'll lead more towards Breeze and trust Breeze more than I do Kirk Cousins in this game. So, you know, I'm expecting the Saints to win this game. Maybe probably, probably around 10 points. I expect New Orleans to win, especially being at home in New Orleans in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Now, if you look at it, what I'm saying is talking about quarterbacks and you trust in quarterbacks. Since 2002 in the AFC, there's only been two quarterbacks not named Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, and Peyton Manning to make the Super Bowl. So since 2002 in the AFC, only two quarterbacks not named Roethlisberger, Brady, or Manning have made the Super Bowl are Joe Flacco and Rich Gannon. So, as I mentioned, with quarterbacks, you trust quarterbacks. When if you don't really know who to pick in a game, trust the go with the quarterback you trust more in that situation. So I have the Saints beating the Vikings. Now, with the Philadelphia Eagles and Seattle Seahawks, this is the battle of the birds, one can say. Uh, the Eagles have really come along late with all the injuries they've had. They've never quit. They've kept battling, uh, like I said, with all the depleted uh, members on their roster, they've still never quit. And here they are with an opportunity to make some noise in the playoffs as Carson Wentz gets his first opportunity to play in the postseason. We know that they won a Super Bowl two years ago with Nick Foles at the helm. Uh, That's because Foles was – not Foles, but Carson Wentz was out. He was having an MVP-type season. I believe he got hurt against the Rams that year where he tore his ACL. But here he is now getting a chance to – Prove that he is the guy that can win games in the postseason as well. Like it's one thing to do it in regular season, but it's another thing to do it in the playoffs. And so Nick Foles left to take the quarterback position for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's all Carson Wentz's team now. So the Eagles, like I said, the injuries they've had with Deshaun Jackson being out, Alshon Jeffrey went out in recent weeks, Jordan Howard is out, Miles Sanders, the rookie from Penn State. Um, they just have been struggling all year. Lane Johnson is out as well. Um, they've had to rely on guys like Boston Scott at running back and Greg Ward, a former quarterback at Houston, is making plays at receiver. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside out of Stanford. I mean, they've had to rely on some of the guys who they're not expected or wasn't expected to really make too much noise coming into the season. Uh, Mac Hollins is another player who was out of North Carolina a year or two ago at receiver. So the Eagles have done an excellent job. Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz, they've done another division they played in isn't the strongest with the Giants and the Redskins and the ups and downs of the Cowboys. But nonetheless, here they are. They won the division. 
they're playing against the Seattle Seahawks in the Battle of the Birds, as I called it. So with Seattle, Russell Wilson leads the way. We all know how good Russell is. Russell is my favorite player in the NFL. If you heard me speak on him uh, in my show where I talked about Drew Brees, where he broke the all-time passing touchdown record, I also talked about Russell Wilson and how they're guys who've gone against the odds as far as their size goes, told them they can't do this, they're not good enough. But Russell Wilson is a gamer. Like This dude makes plays out of no plays. Just when it looks like you're going to have him sacked in the backfield, that's not, <laughs> not going to happen. He finds a way to escape the madness, gets out of the pocket, and then he can either throw it on the run or he can scramble and make plays with his feet. But he's one of the best quarterbacks of throwing with the run. Uh, as I kind of think about the best who's able to do that in their game, you think about Aaron Rodgers and you think about Pat Mahomes as well. So Russell Wilson is leading the way. But like I mentioned about the Eagles being uh, having a lot of injuries in their uh, on their roster, the Seahawks are the same way. They've had issues at running backs with Rashad Penny towards ACL, first-round uh, draft pick out of San Diego State last year. Chris Carson is out. C.J. Procise is out. So this is all their running backs. So they had to go out and sign Marshawn Lynch out of retirement who we all know is beast mode and known for his skittles. He played his first game uh, last week against the 49ers where, you know, he had to come out and help the team. And it's impressive just to see him uh, score a touchdown in the way that he did, leaping on, over the top of the pile at the goal line. Uh, and then he also signed Robert Turbin, who spent some time with the Seahawks as well. So this is an offense where they're trying to make it, you know, kind of a makeshift offense. They're trying to go on the, going on the fly and just going with the flow. Somehow, some way, we got to score points. We have one of the best quarterbacks, in my opinion, the second best quarterback in the league behind Tom Brady, Russell Wilson. Uh, like I said, he just has a way to just make things happen with Tyler Lockett, a receiver, DK Metcalf, the rookie out of Ole Miss, and David Moore, who makes several plays for the team as well. Their defense has some studs on that side of the ball also with uh, Jadavion Clowney and Crondre Diggs, who they acquired from the Lions, uh, Shaquille Griffin, you know, K.J. Wright, Bobby Wagner. This Seahawks team is nothing to sneeze at. And I know they're going on a road since they lost to San Francisco last Sunday night. But going to Philly will not be easy. But if Seattle was at home, I would pick Seattle a little more comfortably. But since they're traveling to Philadelphia, I think it's going to be a battle. It could come down to, I uh, think, maybe a field goal or, you know, a late score uh, in a game. But I do believe Seattle will win. Like I mentioned, when you have two teams who are, I know Seattle's better than Philly. Philly has their injuries, uh, but, so does, but so does Seattle, and they're playing on the road in Philly, which is not a tough place to, well, it's not an easy place to play. I'm picking Seattle mainly because of Russell Wilson and also Pete Carroll, who's a, a very good coach. I'm not a huge Carroll fan, but you can't uh, disregard the success that he's had at not only the pro level, but the college level as well. So to recap for the entire playoffs, I have the Titans losing to the Patriots. I have the Bills losing to the Texans. I have the Saints beating the Vikings and the Seahawks beating the Eagles. We'll see how it plays out come this weekend, but I'm excited, just like I know a lot of you are, to see the NFL playoffs get underway. Now, when we return, we're going to close with today's Triple C part of the show. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game. Even though my world has changed, you stay the same. And 
Welcome back to The Sweet Spot. It's time for today's Triple C, Corey's Closing Comments. And today I want to share with you is this. Success comes from preparation and opportunity. That's something my pastor from back home, Pastor Darius Creighton, mentioned. And he spoke on how it's better to be prepared and not have an opportunity than to have an opportunity and not be prepared. Because you don't want to have that opportunity be presented to you but you're not ready because you weren't doing your due diligence waiting for that chance to arise so you never know what God is doing God is always working behind the scenes on your behalf working things out for you in your favor so stay prepared and whatever it is you're believing him for act like it's already yours believe and receive that it's already yours so when that opportunity presents itself you'll be ready to walk right in it And always remember, there's nothing better than being in the sweet spot. Stay in the sweet spot for the Joy FM Sports Facebook page. This has been a presentation of the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game.